We are on our part two of the message, the truth of spiritual warfare. Uh, as, as we are still in our series, Full Armor of God, and we are going to discuss the second part of the message last week. Um, but before that, let's do some recap uh, of the three points that we uh, had. And then tonight we will have two of the points. Um, we're reading, we're studying Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. The five basic truths are of our message. So it's delayed, basically. The invincible world is real. We are part of the invincible world between God and the enemy. Those were the two things that we... Uh, or, and then another one is the don't underestimate, don't fear the enemy. And tonight we will be studying or discussing our enemy is fierce and wants to destroy the church with a big C. And number five is fight from victory for Christ has won the war. These are five basic truths. Um, these five basic truths are simply an introduction to what we will be learning in the spiritual series, in our series about the spiritual warfare. Um, and um, my hope, again, is to give great importance to the need for the full armor of God. Uh, I am emphasizing these fundamentals in order to see the gravity of the warfare and the great need for the full armor. That is why. Um, first point for tonight, our enemy is fierce and wants to destroy the church. Um, you don't have it there, but it, uh, because the, what he wants to do is to discredit the cause of Christ. Uh, first verse is Ephesians 6.11. Put on full armor. Put on all, all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. Remember, Satan is a present reality in our lives, whether we like it or not. He wants nothing more than to destroy our faith, to take away credibility and lead us, us Christians, to stumble into sin. We have to be prepared for his attacks, and we need to show him some level of respect as far as his abilities are concerned. We should never underestimate our enemy, for any opponent is ready to fight and can actually beat you at any given time, especially Satan. Just because he is more powerful than us, and he is cunning. Not more powerful than God, but us. If you belong to the Lord, He cannot possess you because you have the Holy Spirit. But like Paul, we need to be aware of Satan's tactics if we are, to go, if we are going to win the war. If we are going to win the battle, I should say. The church, with the big C, is Jesus' bride. Satan hates everything about God and the works of Christ. That means his target priority is the church. Knowing or being made aware that we are in a war is vital. Knowing who the enemy is is also vital. Knowing his strategies is also vital. Knowing his name or his nature, as the Bible has given us, um, is a great way for us to know 
his strategies and his nature. So under this point, we have subpoints. First subpoint is Satan's name reveals reveal his tactics. His names are the following. Uh, Satan means adversary. Devil means slanderer. Lucifer means son of the morning. Beelzebub, prince of demons. Belial, without prophet. Evil one, tempter, prince of the world, accuser of the brethren. Representations include a serpent, a dragon, and angel of light. Imagine. Now, um, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of nicknames that's, that were given dr during my time with some of the people where I live in. There's this guy named I Spick Willie. That's his nickname because uh, his reputa uh, reputation is that he will stab you with an ice pick if you were to mess with him. There were the rugby boys in the neighborhood. There was the Tropang Praning. And because these guys were the ones that does the drugs. They do drugs, and then if you mess with them because they're high, they probably won't get hurt. And they will go crazy on you. There's the Lak Lak Boys because they love to drink. And there's this kid that I named Boy, Boy Kulot just because he had curly hair. Um, but nicknames somehow presents or represents the personality of the person, right? Now, same with Satan. His tactics, his strategies are revealed in his name. Also, when you are reading your Bible and you encounter these names, you know that they, it is referring to our enemy. The other sub-point is Satan attacks the bride of Christ, the church. Um, this is how he attacks the church. Now, there's going to be a lot of verses, okay? A lot of verses. So I'm going to try to fly by it. But the explanation of each verse is on the first point. False ministers. This is one strategy that Satan attacks the bride of Christ. That he puts in false ministers. In 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be their actions deserved. You have the thing? Is it in there? Oh, no, no, my, my bad. False religions. False religions is another way that Satan attacks the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 19. Do I mean that the food sacrifice of an idol is anything or that an idol is anything? So do not accept this statement. All religions are the same. Because that's one of Satan's lies. False philosophies. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Oprah is supporting somebody who wrote a book that says, that makes Jesus just a wonderful teacher. Oprah herself a professed Christian, supposedly, says now that she doesn't believe that it's only Jesus Christ, that will, uh, faith on Jesus Christ will take you to heaven. She doesn't believe that anymore. You know, the influence of Oprah, there's millions of people watching her. She's so powerful. Next one, false doctrine. 
1 John 2, 18. Dear children, this is the last hour and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. False doctrine, including how to get to heaven, right? False disciples, Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Not every, everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out, our, cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Again, it's not our job to identify, uh, to judge another person if they are a Christian. But it is our job to identify or discern if we are Christians, number one, right? But at the same time, the Lord will give us the discernment on who the false teachers are. The Lord will give us the wisdom if you read His Word and study His Word, what the false religions are, the false philosophies are. Because how will you be able to identify the false if you know the truth? Amen? Not because the year, the clock or the calendar year continues to go up it doesn't negate the truth about the Bible. False morals, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7a and verse 9a. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. False morals. What is a woman? <laughs> if you are pretty much in tune with what is going on in the political world, that is no longer politically correct to answer if there's only one, one man and one male. There's, supposedly there's many genders now, is what they're saying. For you to even answer what is a woman is ridiculous. The, the new Supreme Court justice cannot define what a woman is. That's false morality. So political, isn't it? Why? You'll, we'll, we'll, you'll find out. Because that's another way of Satan on how he destroys. Because Satan hates everything that God has made. Satan hates everything that God has made. Next point. Satan attacks God's people. How? By directing governments. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. But the prince of Persian kingdom, of the Persian kingdom, resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. There's many accounts that you can see that the government uh, were, was, was trying to stop the people of God from obeying God's command. Daniel is one of them. Uh, I don't have it here, but remember when they tried to stop Daniel from praying to God. And they wanted Daniel to pray to the, the Nebuchadnezzar's uh, statue of gold. Remember that? Do you guys also remember when the government tried to tell you to stop coming to church? Yes. Seriously, right? It's, there are times. And it is coming. It's going to get worse. So I just don't want you to think I'm being political. Because Satan, Satan governs most of the people in the government. He controls them. Second, he deceives men. Satan attacks God's people by deceiving men. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. 
The God of this age, who's the God of this age? Satan, three people. Yeah, yeah, Satan is the God of this age, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So if you're an unbeliever, you're under his control. So that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That's why. See, if the God of this world blinds the minds of the unbelievers, how about us? Were we unbelievers before we accepted Christ? The answer is yes. How come we were able to accept the gospel? Because God opened our eyes. Because we were God's chosen. So there you go. That's why you have to be so grateful for that. Right? Because if we were under the spell of Satan, that we cannot see the light of the gospel, but yet we did that one time. We did. We we were able to receive it. But, see, Satan attacks God's people by deceiving men. That's why our friends and our co-workers that are not believers, they love to attack you, whether directly or indirectly. That's why there's, it doesn't matter how much they love you, once you start talking about Jesus, they will go for your neck. Destroying life. Satan attacks God's people by destroying life. You know, death came because of Satan. Death came because of sin. Sin came because of Satan. Eve was deceived. Then Adam. Who deceived them? Satan. That's why there's death. That's why we hate death. You know why? Because we were never created to die in the first place. We were never created to die in the first place. But see here, Hebrews 2.14, Since the children, children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. Who holds the power of death? That is the devil. It's not all in the Bible. That's why I'm really big giving you guys all the verses, because I don't want you guys to think that this is my opinion. This is God's word. I mean, I always give you verses. And I'm also very opinionated. I get it. But here, I'm hoping that you can hear it. Persecuting the saints. This is how Satan attacks God's people, by persecuting the saints. How? Revelations 2.10. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil who will, will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you life as victor's crown. This will happen, church. If it hasn't happened to you, this will happen sooner or later. Our it will be illegal for us to meet. It will be illegal for you to have the Bible. It will be illegal for you to have Bible studies. You will be marked as a criminal for claiming as a Christian. Oh, we're like, no, no, not yet, Lord. Let me retire and then let me die. Let me ch my children deal with it. This will happen. This is how Satan attacks God's people. This is serious. This, for the children, for the youth, this is your future. For us, this is our future. We don't know when this is going to happen, but we saw it. We, got, we had a little bit of taste of this. 2020 is a little bit of taste of this. We were prevented. We were prevented. We were told not to gather. One of them was, oh, they say, oh, churches are petri dish for covid 
not the casinos, but the chicken. Because here we're more close, you know. Preventing service. Man, this is how Satan attacks God's people. When you are going to serve God in a Bible study, you're going to learn about him. You're going to go sing for Jesus. You're going to pray for God, for God's people. What happens? You get attacked. Why? Because you're no better than Paul. 1 Thessalonians 2.18, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Now, was Paul exaggerating? No, he wasn't. This is why when, when a couple decides to follow Christ, finally, and they'll say, you know what, sweetheart, let's, let's go, let's follow God, let's serve him. What happens? Uh, old sins come back, right? Arguments happen, and it goes up to the roof, and you're surprised, like, where did that come from? Right? Plates are flying, hopefully not, you know? But, you know, you're like, what's going on? And, and you know, we laugh about it. Guys, we, we laugh about it, but arguments do happen when you're about to come. Challenges happen. I know Brother Anmu going to their Bible study last Friday. A car accident happened to where Genesis almost got her with the uh, a plywood fly, flew off a, a car in front of them and went straight to their windshield. They almost got Genesis. This is to block. Satan wants to block. Satan wants to discourage. Satan wants to distract you, right? And then promoting divisions. See, guys, are you marking this down? Are you counting this? As I was preparing this, I was getting tired. I felt like I'm going to go for two hours because there's so many. Promoting divisions. This is what this is how Satan attacks God's people. Second Corinthians two ten and eleven. I will forgive anyone you forgive. Um, yes, for your sake, with the crisis, crisis my witness, I have forgiven whatever needed to be forgiven. I have done this to keep Satan from getting the better of us. We all know what goes on his mind. Paul is saying that because of unforgiveness in our hearts, it will cause divisions. Divisions was, division was prevalent in the Corinthian church. People were choosing, I'm for Paul, I'm for, for this guy, I'm for this guy. Divisions happen because that's what Satan wants. Our church have that experience too. I feel like there was one very obvious division. There was a subtle division, second one. You know, and, and it's, it's sad because Satan wants Satan intentionally does that. It just didn't like, oh my gosh, that wasn't me. Oh, and he was very much involved in that. So, but see, the, the key here is this, forgiveness. If there's any offense that happens between us, we have to be quick to forgive. Because that unforgiving heart is what Satan holds on to. Oh, Pastor Joe will never change. And then I was like, oh, he will never change. She will never change. And then there comes... You know, bitterness happens and the division happens. Walls go up, right? This is why Paul says, hey, this is, this is Paul telling them to forgive the brother. Remember the brother that they were referring to here is the one that was sleeping with his stepmother. And then that, that person was, Paul instructed them in 1 Corinthians to kick that person out because he's living a sinful life. And you guys are very arrogant to keep him there without disciplining him. So before, when you were disciplined by the church, that was very serious because there was not many churches not, not, not like right now, right? 
We discipline you here, you move to grace, right? Or you move to another church. Because there's many churches, right? So there's like, oh, who cares, man? Who cares about your church? But before, one church, right? So but the discipline, when the discipline happened and the brother finally repented, he was asking to come back. But the Corinthian church now did not want to forgive him. They were preventing him from coming back. So there was a division coming up because they're like, oh, you know, we need to be forgiving. So Paul intervened and said, hey, whatever you have forgiven, I will forgive too. If he wants to come back, let's forgive him because Satan is using this. Satan is using your, our unforgiveness. So any bitterness, we have to let go. Satan plants doubt. That's all he needs to do is plant doubt. Remember Genesis 3, 1? One day he asked the woman, did God really say? That's all he needs to say, right? Did God really say there's two genders? Did God really say you need to be married to have sex? Did God really say to serve him and him alone? Did God really say you have to belong to one church? Did God really say? That's all the devil needs to do. Plant the doubt and you will be bothered. But mind you, that doubt that he plants is to destroy our unity. It's to destroy your peace. It's to destroy the church. That's our enemy. He's not playing around, guys. If we are playing around, he's not. Sadly, most of us Christians, we've taken this so lightly. We have only... I get it. I enjoy grace. I enjoy the thought of going to heaven too. I do. It, it's what gives me hope to, to, to live again and serve again, to obey again. Yes. But there are many things that's involved in our faith. One thing is that we have an enemy that is seriously trying to break us. So can, can you really live your life as a, a very... The, the person that doesn't have much blood is... Has leukemia, right? Anemic, right? Yeah, anemic. Some of us Christians were anemic. We're anemic Christians. We have not. We don't have enough blood to function and to fight. We don't have enough fervor for the Lord. We don't have enough love for Him. We just care about our plans. And then the enemy attacks our plans, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what's happening." You're being attacked. Provoking sin and anger. Satan provokes sin and anger. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. Again, for the married people, there's a big error that can happen here. Would do not let the sun go down on your anger. If you are in an argument with your spouse and they have to work at 6 o'clock in the morning, please let them sleep. <laughs> don't say, oh, no, 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 don't sleep. You cannot let the sun go down on your anger. No, this means let go of it. Ask God to say, Lord, help me don't not be angry anymore so that my husband can go to work at 6. Okay? Don't say, oh, no, no, the verse says. See, it says here, be angry. That's why I, I chose this version. Because anger is provoked, right? We don't plan to be angry. And when we're angry, do not sin. So anger itself is not sin. But what you do with your anger is what becomes sin. 
And then, and then this is where the devil comes in again. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Where? In your anger that becomes bitterness. Right? Oh, things will never change. It's always going to be like this. I hate it. The church does this all the time to me. Pastor always says this to me. This will never change. You know, there has to be, has to be, you have to let it go and say, Lord, help me not be angry anymore. Because you don't want it to give fruit to bitterness. <sighs> There's a lot, a little, too many here. Pride, 1 Timothy 3 6. Pride, pride is like, I've said this before, pride is like body odor, right? <laughs> Everybody knows you have it. Everybody knows you stink, except you, right? That's what pride is. Worry. Worry is a sin, guys. Worry. Matthew 13, 22. Self-reliance, which is like pride. 1 Corinthians 2, 21, 1. Discouragement. You know discouragement is a sin? Discouragement is from the devil. 1 Peter 5, 6, 8. Why? Because if you're discouraged, you don't want to do anything. When you're discouraged, you're like, oh, you know, I'm not a saint. Yes, you are. God made you a saint. Oh, no, I'm not perfect. Yes, you're not. That's why Christ died for you. Well, I cannot do anything. Yes, you can't. That's why you need to depend on Christ. Discouragement is you telling God, Lord, I know you said I can do all things through you, but you know what? I know better. <laughs> you can't change me. That's what you're saying. So it's somewhat prideful. So don't think you're being humble. It's false humility. Worldliness, 1 John 2.16. What's worldliness? Worldliness is... Making your life about everything else except serving the Lord. Like picking up a schedule that you know is going to take you away from the Lord. Working too much is worldliness. Putting yourself in debt that will make you go work too much is worldliness. Right? You bought another, a new car that cost you another, what, $1,000 a month. Now you're going to have to work overtime. And then you say, I don't know, man. I got to go to work, Pastor. Well, you got Okay, because... Put yourself in debt. Now you're going to have to work. That's worldliness. Lying. Oh, not me. <laughs> Where are you? On the way. <laughs> Putting the pants on. I'm on the way. I'm five minutes away, but 35 really. <laughs> Acts 5, 3, 3. Immorality. 1 Corinthians 5, 1, 2. Immorality. It's so accessible now. And, 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 and our society is so sexualized. Everything about our society has the ingredient of sex. And the world tells us, including Disney, to your kids, if, parents, if you are not aware, Disney is trying to, to, to propagate and include in their, in their movies and their shows gay lifestyle. Oh, Pastor, you're sounding so much like a Republican. I'm not telling you a political platform. I'm telling you what they're doing. That's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're introducing transgender. You know that they have in certain schools that they have introduced transgender burlesque dances where you parents brought their children with them? Grade school age? If you're not aware, I don't know. I guess that's good for you. But it's It's coming. This is one way of Satan on how he attacks God's people. 
And if you say something otherwise and it's not popular, you're going to be attacked. So you're what? Oh, I, I don't want to be offensive. Okay, fine. But you're offending God. Because you don't want to be offended because you wanted to preserve yourself and your friendship with these people. You offended God by not saying anything because that's a sin of omission. False teachings and teachers. This is Satan's way of attacking God's people. He puts false teachings and teachers in churches. 1 Timothy 4.1, warnings against false teachers. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. I think that's clear language. It's just a matter of you and the Holy Spirit in you identifying, being discerning. Last subsection, Satan's power, though, is limited. Satan's power is limited. Praise God. Amen. Amen. He's, 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 he's powerful, but to a certain degree. He is created. Therefore, not omniscient or infinite. He can be resisted by the Christian. So again, if you're not a Christian, you're in trouble. But if you are a Christian, you can. James 4, 7. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, there's three truths there. One is that Satan's power is limited because he will flee from the believer if if and once the believer does the two things here. First, when he humbles himself to God or submit to God's will, humbling is admitting that we acknowledge our weak self and there's, there's a submission or surrendering to what God wants us to do. See, God wants us to go to church on Sundays. But the devil is tempting us with the game seven of basketball or the Super Bowl. So we are to humble ourselves before God and say, Lord, I want to watch game seven. And God says, record it. <laughs> then you say, no, but I want it live. <laughs> I see. You know, it reminds me, Bong, Bong, Bong had a discussion with his dad. His dad's quite old. So his dad, his dad uh, bought hearing aids. And his dad... Let's, let's call Dad Mercado. Dad Mercado says, Bong, I bought me some hearing aids. It's the top of the line, state of the art. I think Elon Musk was involved. And Bong's like, that's great. What, what kind is it? Oh, it's 2.30. <laughs> Good job, Loretta. <laughs> no? <Yeah. laughs> Nothing here? <laughs> Too fast. <laughs> God places limitations on the devil. God places limitations on the devil. Job 1.12. Very well, the Lord told Satan, everything he owns is in your power. However, do not lay a hand on Job himself. So Satan left the Lord's presence. See, we, we have to pray for wisdom and discernment to be able to balance how we see Satan and the demonic activity in our lives. It is equally wrong to assign too much 
or too little credit to the reality of demonic activity. Last point, and we're not going to stay here too long. We have to fight from victory knowing that Christ has won the war. Because as believers in Christ, we do not fight for victory. We fight from victory because Christ has already won. Amen? And in Christ's power, we Christians are invisible, invincible. Now, there's a, I don't know if you guys were, remember the, the Iraqi wars? Now, there was this operation, Iraqi Freedom, uh, that they called it. And Mohammed al-Sharaf, Iraq's Minister of Information, daily refuted clear evidence that Iraq was losing the war. See? There was a minister of information in Iraq to control the information that was being given to the public. Okay? And that minister of information was giving the news that Iraq has not lost the war, that they were not losing. But on April 6, after coalition forces seized Baghdad's Saddam Airport, they renamed it Baghdad International Airport, and they started flying planes in, and ventured into Baghdad itself. The Miami Herald quoted Al-Sharaf, or Al-Shahaf, saying, quote, we butchered the force present at the airport, unquote. On April 7, after U.S. troops penetrated central Baghdad and stormed Saddam's Republican palace, the Washington Post quoted Al-Shahaf, saying, quote, there is no presence of the American columns in the city of Baghdad at all. We besieged them, and we killed most of them, unquote. Referred to as a Baghdad Bob by the media, his efforts to explain away coalition forces, vic coalition force victories are as illusions were comical. Now, this is the same way our spiritual enemy, this is the same way with our spiritual enemy. He is already defeated. He was defeated at the cross of Christ. Yet he continues to hurl out lies to us. He continues to ins hurl insults and condemnation at us. The people of the Lord, the saints, we fight a, a very real battle against a very real enemy. But we need to know without a doubt that our victory over him is assured. See, most of us, we have bought into his lie that we are losing against him. We do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. Now, more scriptures? Yeah? Yes? <laughs> yes. Why not, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody was counting my verses, but we have a lot of verses tonight. John 12, 31. The time of judgment for the world has come when the prince of this world will be cast out. Amen? Amen. Time will come that Satan will be casted out. Time will come that we will no longer fall for his lies. And we will no longer get hurt. Time will come. Colossians 2, 14 to 15. God canceled the record that contained the charges against us. That's now, folks. Christians, if you fell yesterday or an hour ago, God has canceled that record. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to the cross. To Christ's cross. In this way, God disarmed the evil rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross of Christ. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. Jesus has won it for us. Why are we living our lives as defeated people? I get it. I get it. it's painful when we fall. That's why that's why you have to rest on the Lord to not fall. Because when we fall, we get condemned. The enemy lies to us, right? Oh, Joe, come on, Tayson is good. It's now or never, Joe. Oh, it's now or never. You know, yesterday, last night I was tempted with Hershey's, the kisses. Alonzo had to bring, buy some kisses for, for his friend, for his graduation. So then he, there was some leftover. And I know if I eat those chocolate, chocolates, <laughs> pimples will come out. <laughs> so now I have any pimples. Because I devoured them. I fell for the temptation. Because the chocolates were saying, it's now or never. <laughs> oh, just one. I ate one. And after the first, even before the first was finished, the other one was saying, how about me? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But God has canceled it all, guys. God has canceled it all for us. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won your fight with these false prophets because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. 1 John 4, 4. Amen? Amen. Amen. Guys, enjoy that. That's the truth right there. Stop, stop believing the lies of the enemy. Believe the truth that God has, has done for us. We are victors. Start living like one. For every child of God defeats the evil. See? Let me slow down there. For every child of God defeats this evil world by trusting Christ to give the victory. See, maybe, just maybe, you've been taking on the temptation with your own strength. That's why you've been failing. That's why you keep failing. Just trust in Christ. Because you cannot do it. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. And the ones who win this battle against the world are the ones who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? 1 John 5, 4-5. That's the truth, church. This is the truth. Christ has won it for us. Amen? If you will look at your life that Christ has done it all for you, it will look differently. Have Remember the movie Sixth Sense? Now, I don't want to blow it for anybody who has not seen it, but I will tonight. <laughs> so too bad for you. The, the movie Sixth Sense is Bruce Willis's movie, and at the end part, the final twist was he was dead. The little boy was seeing dead people, and the dead person was Bruce Willis. So your mind was blown. If you were like me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I did not see that, right? You're like, oh, wow. Sorry, if you haven't seen it, that's a great movie. <laughs> but, then, but then I re-watched it. So I think you can only watch it two times. First is you will find out he's dead. But then, you know, try to watch it again the second time. If you didn't try it yet, watch it. Because you will see the things. You know, the argument in the dinner table? There was an argument at the dinner table. Bruce Willis was late. He's like half Filipino there. He's like, he was late, right? And he goes, I'm sorry I'm late. And the wife goes, happy anniversary. And she left. So the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, my gosh, idiot. You know, he was late. Now his wife's dead. Uh, wife's mad. But then because you know he was dead, he wasn't really there. So the wife was actually just trying to observe their anniversary despite the fact that he wasn't there. 
See, if you watch the movie again, you will see diff the scenarios differently. The part where the boy was so scared of him when he said, I see dead people. But the boy was so scared while Bruce Willis was trying to talk to him because the dead person was Bruce Willis. Now, it's the same thing now. Okay, let's make it about God, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, all right. So there, because Satan has been defeated, you should see your life like a rewind movie. This is all just a ploy now. You've already won. What's the worry? Yes, we fall because of our flesh. Yes, we fall because we believed in this lie. But pick yourself back up. Remove that lie and say, Lord, I know you've won the war for me. Pick me up, Lord God. Pick up my spirit. Let me live as a victor as I, that I am with you. Amen? Everything, everything, all our failures have been paid for. Our failures yesterday, our failures today, and our failures tomorrow for amen that's why we need to live our lives as victorious christians we have to fight our battles as victors we're already won we got the w already defeated by satan many christians find themselves defeated by the most powerful psychological weapon that satan uses against christians and this weapon has the effective effectiveness of a deadly missile its name, what's it called? Low self-esteem. Satan's greatest psychological weapon is a gut-level feeling of inferiority, inadequacy, and low self-worth. This feeling shackles many Christians in spite of wonderful spiritual experiences and knowledge of God's word. Although they understand their position as sons and daughters of God, they are tied up in knots, bound by a terrible feeling of inferiority and chained to a deep sense of worthlessness. That is what we, most of us, constantly do. That we are not the children of God, the living God, the powerful God that He is. Stop living that. Stop believing that lie. You are worth a lot. Worthy enough that Jesus, God himself, gave himself for you. Amen? And he has won it all for you. Stop believing the lie. Amen? Next week, we're going to be discussing the first piece of the full armor of God. That's our message tonight. Thank you for your patience. Please join me in the word of prayer. As the music team make their way up here, and as I close us in prayer, if you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, please come up so we can lead you to that prayer. If you have been visiting our church for quite some time and God is impressing it in your heart to become a part of it, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer because you've been battling and you've been losing and you want God to help you and you want us to pray for you, please come up so we can pray for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message tonight. We thank you for equipping us, Lord God, with the information what the tactics and strategies of our enemy satan lord god and his purpose and he wants he wants to destroy everything about you and about us lord god 
And I pray, Father, for protection from you. Because we know, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit indwells in us. We ask now, Lord God, for your strength to give us that, 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 that encouragement, Lord God, that you are more stronger than he who is in the world. Encourage us, Lord God. Remind us that we no longer belong to the dirt, but we belong to you, the God of the universe. That we are victorious, Lord God, through Christ. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have believed the lie, the lies and the doubt of the enemy that he has given to us and that we have bought in. Help us, Lord, and protect us and bless us and strengthen us. We know, Lord God, that we can do all things through you. So, Father, please imprint that in our hearts and our minds. All these things we ask in your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our <coughs> Lord and Savior. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all rise for the closing song.